but that's a whole nother story. Uh, <laughs> I want to welcome everyone back to another Can episode of the Keep It Up Lifting podcast. This is episode 188. Wow. Yeah. And I have one of the greatest, greatest guests, I believe, to date. Really? Yes. Introduce yourself to the audience. Well, I set you up. You did. <laughs> Thank you for that. You made my heart pump a little harder. I appreciate that. So I'm Sha'an, last name Williams, a.k.a. The Body Thief and Soul Intuition. I am a jack of all trades and a master of some. <laughs> okay. Well, being that you are doing body sculpting, body contouring, Right. I wanted to ask you this question. Are people in the United States lazy? Honest, honest. Hey, you honest answer. Ooh. You know what? I want to say no. My clients are really more so not understanding their bodies and why they can't lose the weight. Actually, most of my clients have been trying. They're coming to me because the dieting and the exercising isn't working and And they don't want to get surgery. And my follow-up question to that is, well, I'm happy that you mentioned surgery because I asked that question because we could just buy bodies. Right. Right. But you can't keep that body that you buy. You still have to work out after you get surgery. You still have to maintain those results on your own. Now, now then I would say those clients, maybe, I guess, I, I still don't want to call them lazy because I look at that as negative, but I would say, I guess they have less pressure because they're already shaped. Now they have to maintain. It's not like they brought the body down and now they're maintaining. Now they're coming to me for the maintenance. But in the long run, so say you get something like liposuction, like surgical liposuction, the downside to that is wherever they lipo, the fat's not going back there. The fat's going to come back somewhere else, and now you're going to look weird and misshapen. So those people who didn't work out after their surgery, now they're mad because, oh, wow, okay, the fat didn't come back to my sides, but now I got bat wings and my traps look crazy because it's fat over it. The men, a lot of men that I see who get lipo usually get you know how you guys get that tire around the waist and it kind of looks like you got a little hip (laughs) fat coming along yes it's it's there it's (laughs) really hard to get rid of so that's usually where men get the liposuction and the women get the front uh fupa apron Mm -hmm. area lipo but either way if you'll see those lipo people you can tell the ones who didn't maintain because like for the men all up here is huge but then they're small right there and you're like what did you do I'm sure they got lipo. And then the women too, it's like, okay, you don't have a front stomach, but all this now, and now your arms and your back. So there's no easy way regardless. So my follow-up question to our people in the United States, lazy, are people physically lazy in the United States? I would say that. Yeah. They, um, they want conveniences. That is what people want. But the only reason I don't really want to to just pigeonhole Americans is because my clients are international. Like, yeah, they're American now, 
But I have people from all over. Some people don't even have their citizenship yet that come to me from other countries. So that's why I'm like, no. Well, I, I like to just I like to bring it home because, mm. right, this is. uh There's a lack of pride about like where you're from, right? Like we yeah. always want to be global and that's great. But I want to I want to talk about the people I interact with on a daily basis. So if you're here, you're American. I don't care if you got papers or not. Gotcha. You're here. Right. But I think you'd be only because I, I just wanted to say that, though, because you were coming from a mindset perspective. Right, right, right. And, you know, people raised in other countries do have a different mindset right, but physically. It, but it's not where you're from is where, where you're, you're at. at. Right. Because you're eating the food here. Right. You're around the people here. You get into the job cultures here. So whether or not you want, you know, when you go home, it may be different. But most of the time we get a lot of external you know, influences that affect our lives. So that's why I always pinpoint American America. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, when you look up stuff, it always shows you about America. So Mm -hmm. I like that you said Americans aren't lazy because we're actually one of the hardest working countries. I was going to say, we're actually one of the hardest working countries and people don't know that. What I was going to say is because I have so many international clients, that's their one complaint. They're like, the thing that I don't like about this country is I can't mentally really relax ever like where I'm from. You, you do a job, whatever, whatever. Okay. But here it's like, I'm working all the time and I'm like, it's capitalism. It is what it is. But what are you doing with that money? Then like, well, yeah, I'm yeah. Right. 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 (laughs) So that's the thing. We work all the time. We benefit from it. And then we don't actually do what we need for our bodies. And that's why we end up coming to see you. Yes. Right. And it's bad because I have to educate people on that um, stress, heightened cortisol levels, especially in women that will hold some fat on you. Literally, it will create a cushion for you. Mm. So walking, you know, a lot of my clients, too, they're like, so now I need to work out and all this. I'm like, actually, <laughs> walk, walk, because you need to de-stress. So I want you to walk 45 minutes to an hour a day and watch, watch it. Just trust the process. Watch the weight fall off. Because once you you, you relax your mind a bit through the walking, you're stimulating your lymphatic system. You're bringing in more oxygen. You get more blood flow and you're toning muscle. You know, you get a little cardio, but there's no pressure up here. That's why I love telling people to walk. And as they keep walking, then they'll start doing faster walking. But you don't got to speed walk either. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks <laughs> from the speed walking craze of the 2000s. Everybody's speed walking. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but that was funny. I had a I had a neighbor when I uh, back when I lived with my mom. He still lives by her, and mm-hmm. I see him speed walking. <laughs> He's in great shape. They're though. like. He got weights in his hands on his ankle weights mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a movement. But, you know, I I did something where I walked. I was supposed to walk for 365 days, but I walked for about 178 days and I lost 30 pounds doing that just from the walking. I mean, I, I exercise. But like you said, you know, you start out a step at a time. Then you say, well, maybe I'll just run this this straight away and I'll walk the curve. And then you find yourself at the gym doing more. So definitely walking is vital. Yeah, it but, is. And the water. But the sculpting. Oh, yeah. And the contouring, right, of your body. Because I'm, I'm a big fan of bodybuilding. So I've seen it before, but I've never put a name to it. I've helped some bodybuilders. I have them as clients. Really? 
Nice, nice. The natural ones, because, you know, they have their difference and they have the different competitors. So the natural bodies, a lot of those guys come to me. I've had some women, too, but it's mostly men because they want definition down in the V-line area. Um, Usually I'll get them for that and help them tone up before a show. Yeah. So um, and the ladies, too, I'll usually they usually just want tone uh, skin tightening. So it can look more defined. It's pretty cool. That's what I'm saying. Like some people say you only get like heavy people to come. Like I literally get everyone. But it's, but the thing that I like about it is, is you can actually sustain these results. You can, you know what the trick is? I didn't, I didn't that. So for me, just being, you know, from me, not Mm -hmm. everyone else, but I didn't believe it was totally real for people who were larger. Mm hmm. I was like, well, I can do that. And it's like, well, you'll lose 10 pounds. And it's like, I'm not losing 10 pounds because somebody is, you know, smoothing out my body. But Right. That's true, though. You're not losing 10 pounds. Okay. Generally speaking, I, and I never um, promote the business that way. We aren't weight loss. Okay. We are fat loss and fat redistribution. I am contouring your body. I'm reshaping it, literally. By in the way we do it, because people go, I still just don't understand. I'm not losing weight, but why am I smaller? Why am I measuring two inches smaller after whatever 90 minutes or so? It's because we've tricked your brain to use your stored fat for energy instead of your carb energy or your sugar energy. And so you get an immediate change. Your body literally, that's what we do. So you you fast before you come. You have to fast after the service is over as well. And you know what happens when you fast. So it's it's amazing. I always tell people too because keto is a big thing. I'm like, think of it like that. We tricked your mind into a keto state without you having to do all the dieting. I just feel like it's more powerful than that, though. It right? is because keto is such a fad, and it's something that you can consciously do for a while, mm-hmm. and then once you get your body out of ketosis, it can go places. And I only know that because I did a low carb diet before and. I would get into ketosis and then it's like I would lose 20 pounds. And next thing I know, I'm up 35. Yeah. And you're right. So when you actually do trick the brain, it does last longer. And that's what I like to pe- to tell people, because the first question is, is it permanent, though? <laughs> and I always say it's as permanent as surgery. Right. Right. But it either uh, way, you got to maintain after. But I think it's healthier than surgery. right? It is because it doesn't disrupt your lymphatic system. When you get sliced, you literally compromise your body's natural mechanism. Everything about it, anything, any, you know, any um, any athlete can tell you that they may have an injury that they got when they were 12 years old and now they're 45 and they're like, why is my. Oh, <laughs> because they never even took care of the scar tissue. Scar tissue is a big problem. It causes a lot of pain. It causes me to walk wrong. I ruptured my Achilles and I was at a job at the time where I had to be on my feet. So I never finished physical therapy and mm-hmm. I never went to any get any massages or anything. So I walk real awkward. And I, I would love only- to work on you. Oh, I'll be there. With my fascia blaster, I can you probably got tangled up fascia, scar tissue, and I can get it out. It'll be painful, but it'll work. Uh no pain, no gain, right? That's what I say. <laughs> you know, Marine Corps, pain is weakness leaving the body, and I tell myself that's so true. Mm. I never heard that. Marine Corps. I feel that's like what I've heard say. that before. Pain is weakness leaving the body. Yeah. I hold on to that, especially during those tough times, mentally tough times. 
and physically tough times. And speaking of physically, right, you put a post on Instagram where you're being very vulnerable. And you talking about my naked picture? You weren't naked. <laughs> I feel like I was. Well, okay. I'm sorry. You were you you had clothes on for the people that are listening and the people who are watching. But uh and we won't put this photo up, but you're being very vulnerable. You left the photo up. And um, you know, being vulnerable is very welcome these days, right? Uh at least for certain people, right? It is. And um I want to know how important was that for you to share a moment like that, especially for, you know, yourself and the people that you're in the business of shaping their bodies. Right. Because, you know, that it the results weren't the results that someone would probably say, hey, this is why I'm coming to you for mm-hmm. you to fix this for me. And you were saying, well, I've gone through some things and this is where I'm at. Mm -hmm. It was really important to, one, like you said, be vulnerable. I am on a mission to be more real, more authentic, because I'm not. I'm old school. I come from that mentality of don't show weakness. Like, never let them see you sweat. You know, I, I, I started in dance. I was a dance major. I went to Kappa. Shout out to Philly Kappa. You know, we, a lot of famous people went to that school. Okay, okay. But um, then, you know, I did competitive dance. You know, later joined the Marine Corps. I've always been a physical person and took pride in the way I looked. And that pregnancy was devastating. <laughs> it tore me down for years. And I was always thinking, like, maybe I'll get a tummy tuck. Maybe I'll get a tummy tuck. My son's 23. So that's why I made that post. I was like, yo, man, you need to come to terms with this. You're not getting surgery. And you have all these people who come to you, say, mad and secure about their outward appearance and thinking you're perfect. Like, my clients think um, I have the perfect body. But I never show it, so they don't know. All they see is I'm a tiny woman. So they just assume that I look amazing without my clothes on. So part of it was for that. And the other thing really was for me. It's like, you're not getting surgery, just be at peace with it. And how can I do that? Show the world. (laughs) And I did. And uh, I almost took it down like five times. (laughs) (laughs) I actually did archive it real quick. And then I was like, no, nope, nope. And And I re- put it back on on the feed and I got a lot of good feedback and now that's my thing and now that's partly to why I'm here too like I'm going to start really sharing my story because people really think I'm this super and I am resilient I'm not taking anything away from my mental resilience or anything about myself but I do want to start sharing that yo I've been through it yeah that's what we like to share here because the world is full of finished products right and on your page I mean, there's some outfits on there as well, right? I went through it. I was there for a while, you know, and you you had some outfits that you, you're like, oh, this is cute. So when people see that and they see you in person, I can assume how they can just, I can understand how they can assume that you look, you know, marvelous without the the fit and all of that, which may be true, you know, because I, I think the natural way that we look, these things happen. People give birth, right? 
you're gonna you're gonna have stretch marks and all of these things. That's just how a regular body works, right? We're in such a fake world that what's underneath is is what people don't want to see. You know, yeah. and my uh, ex husband tried to help help me. You know, he's like, "You had my son, and you look beautiful, and blah blah blah." And I'm like. Why, the re- why is there such resistance there, though? Because I mean, it's not about what he thought. No, I was appreciative right. at the time. I mean, I was like 22. So this was even before I started thinking more about how you think and blah, blah, blah. Like, I really appreciate everything he was saying. But that's when I realized that it's not about what the other person feels. Because, yeah, he made me feel better temporarily. I'm like, well, I'm glad you still love how I look. <laughs> but I really hated how my stomach looked. Yeah. Like, it totally changed how I felt about myself. And then my little brother saw my stomach and he was like, ew, look at your stomach. And he's a kid, but I still right. was like, it still affected right, me. Right, right, right. I was just like, what? I had a baby. And boom. It's the kids that, that when they say things that it hurts the most. <laughs> I know and it should. Because you can think but... <laughs> like, you always think adults don't know anything, but when a kid says you like, ah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, like I really am overweight. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> they're so honest. But he was in his teens, so we really can't excuse him like that. But still, he was still, um, you know, too young to have ever met a woman or something that may right, have had right, stretch right. marks or something. Yeah. But and even though me knowing that logically, it still hurt my feelings. I'm sorry to hear that. Seriously. I don't apologize for him. We're all grown now. We're all in our 40s now. But that was in my 20s. And it stuck with yeah. me for a long time. But, you know, I want to know um, a lot of people are overweight or mm-hmm. a, lo- a lot of they are. overweight people may come to you. Is that a large majority of your client base? Yes. Now, you are expanding into... <clears throat> um life coaching yeah right like you're a like full officially. like a full circle experience i'm sure when you're actually dealing with your customers you're pro- i mean when i get a haircut and i i'm still in this from amon shumpert but he was like my barber's my therapist mm-hmm. and every time i never think about it right but you go in there you look try i look terrible <laughs> and your barber's looking at you like oh my god we got to, <laughs> to do something with this and then, you know, obviously by making you look good, they talking you through your problems, asking what's going on in your life. They're learning a lot about you. Mm-hmm. So I assume that life coaching is coming natural to me. It and does. it's not that you're, you know, life coaching and therapy are two different things, right? Right. So I don't want to confuse the two. But I'm sure at some point you were like, well, I'm a great sounding board for people. That's it. And I've always been that. When I was at, I went to Temple. Shout out to you, go out. But when I was, <laughs> thank shout you. Shout out to Temple. Where? Yeah, for real, right? Yeah, old, yo. old ball coach, uh, uh, Cheney, I think. Yes, that's when I went. Yeah. And yo, I used to be a diamond gym. I don't know if you know about them. No, I don't know about that. The Temple. ones, the girls that dance. Yeah. With the cheerleaders. Oh, really? That joint was so old school. I don't know how it is now, but that was tough. Hundreds of girls auditioning week long. They just telling everybody every day, don't come back tomorrow. Don't come back tomorrow. Don't come back tomorrow. It's like pledging. Kind of. Everybody wanted to be a diamond gem back then. It's like being an AKA. Kind of, but, well, no, not sorority, but no, you go I mean, places. Not, yeah, I'm not Because those thing. girls end up dancing for the Eagles, dancing for the Sixers. Like, oh. 
Yeah, because it it was competitive dance and cheer, and it we were rehearsing three and a half hours a day. When would you go in class? <laughs> Yo, the rehearsals were from six to nine thirty at night. Yes, and I maintained a full workload. It was just like regular athlete. We were in the gym with so the fencing. They would be doing fencing. Once they got done, it was our turn, and we would be in there three and a half hours. But it was a lot, you know, those girls, you know, because we're not cheerleaders. We have to learn their cheers plus the dances. And we would dance during halftime and the court, all that. That's so um, That's too much. But super athletic, you know what I mean? It gets your mind right and you learn to prioritize. Like, I don't, I don't take any of that. You know, when you're young, you should be able to handle it all. Right. From 18 to 21, why not? You should be able to handle a lot, <laughs> or period. Right? Yeah. 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 And I was working too. I had a work study job and a, a little part time, so I was doing it. I was living the college experience. Had my own crib. That's a real college experience. I think the interpretate my interpretation of the college experience was a little different. I mm. thought I was there to party. I did a little of that. A little. I saw, I went to a couple concerts. Who I saw? I think I saw Busta Rhymes and Amelia Rowe. <laughs> Michael Blackson was just starting back then. You know what's funny is Busta Rhymes still performing. Yeah, with that thing and he's new and he's new to people. That's the that's the funny part about it. Like Busta Rhymes is a new new artist to some people. Anyway, as we as we were talking about being, (laughs) I want to I want to pull it back. I don't understand that. Like, he's a new artist to some people. But all his old music, they mean to tell me they don't know that's him? No. He you, has such a distinctive style. It's it's like uh, me uncovering the OJs. They were new to me. But Busta Rhymes been on so many songs and collabs, everything. I'm surprised. I mean, I don't want to age us out, but yeah, that's just the reality. That's That's crazy. Only when, only because I think about like hip hop songs, they're like remixing so much, and I'm just like, they don't know who Busta is. Mm. Some people don't. Interesting. <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> Times are changing. I don't think so. I think it's just the same way as like uh, me discovering Teddy Pendergrass. Yeah. Right. You're like, yeah. you don't know about Teddy? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know who Teddy is. Yeah. I don't know who this song came from. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. You're right. But circling back, like you're saying to the therapist, <laughs> let's go back. <laughs> well, I have a I have a quote here from you. It says, I'm never one to be afraid of change. And I'm excited for this next chapter of my life as a soul healer and a life coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about it? No, seriously, where, I have a where, thing. That's where, where I was going with the Temple University story. I just got. Where, where were you at when you wrote that? Like, what what was going? Why did you write that caption instead of "I'm just going to be a life, I'm be a soul healer, and a life coach"? Is my question more so right? Because you could have just left some of that out. You could have said, "I'm never one to be afraid of change, and I'm excited for this next chapter of my life." But you added. As a soul healer and a life coach. So (laughs) why did you add that to the caption? Because I wanted to distinguish myself. Like everybody's always talking about mental this or de-stressing this. Like, let's talk about the, 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 the meat and potatoes. This is your soul. This is the essence of who you are. 
that I'm trying to massage. <laughs> I'm trying to f- help because everything else is, excuse me, everything else is outside. Like, but we need to deal with the soul. And I really think people bear their souls to me. Like they physically getting undressed and they can't help but to be vulnerable. Uh, and, you know, even when I was an esthetician, I mean, I still am an esthetician, but I don't do facials anymore. But even then, they lay on the table and just start telling me their life story. And I don't think it's just because of my profession is me. And that's what I was going to say about Temple. I was a peer counselor back then, sexual assault. And I just felt like that was where I should be and what I should be doing. But I love dance and I love communication. So that was my major. But sometimes I think maybe I should have went into behavioral medicine or something like that. But I didn't. However, that is my that's a I think a God given attribute to my personality. And now I just want to use it more. Mm. Yeah, I don't know exactly why I wrote that that way, but I know I wanted to let people know it was more than life coaching right it was an actual shift instead of you just i want to do this thing to get some money no i want to nice. really do it like so if you ha- anyone who have followed me for any length of time at, one, at least on my body thief page you would know that i've been trying to help my clients by taking so many classes i've taken hypnotherapy like I know how to hypnotize people because I was thinking maybe I can hypnotize you not to eat those chips (laughs) you know I'm laughing but that's uh that's that's actually so sad but it works no I'm saying it's just I really want to help I want to help you so bad (laughs) I do that I'm gonna (laughs) hypnotize you I'm gonna put wood on you I'm gonna do stuff you know, I'm going to get some <laughs> fat melting juices. Yeah, let me counsel you. Right. Because a lot of stuff I've realized, too, is mental. That's the thing, too, why I really wanted to pivot more into the mental part of the weight gain. Because I got the Panoe. Panoe is a metabolic assessment test. Like, I have that. I can tell you physically what your body is doing. Right. But men- those mental things, like, we've known, like, science has proven that Every thought literally affects us on an atomic level, a cellular level. So with that being said, let's deal with this and we'll see what the fat does. Let's see what the body does once we get your mind right. You know? And and that was a question that I had about the people who were overweight is, Mm -hmm. do they typically have childhood trauma? Um, because we grew up, like yes. you said, I grew up, but my mom was the same way. Like, you don't, don't worry about, you don't have no problems. You'll be tough, right? Just be tough. It'll be fine. So that older mentality, I don't think all of it should go away, by the way. No, either, I don't either. Because it's a little soft out here. Yes. But, but it should, it could have been tweaked. Right. But I, I think there's a, I want to say balance. I think there's some blending that can actually happen mm-hmm. from the old ways to the new ways. But a lot of people who seemingly are overweight and from research has mm-hmm. ha- has had past childhood trauma. Do you yes. get that yes. firsthand? Yes, yes. There are several, and, and I've done experiments just to see if that was true with not just weight gain, but um, autoimmune issues. So I started asking my clients, tell me a little bit about when did this first appear? 
Like one of my clients had eczema. And I'm like, when did that first happen? Excuse me. And she's like, I think I got my first eczema outbreak in like fourth or fifth grade or something. And then, you know, and she's talking and then she's like, it happened after these boys played. I don't know if they still do it these days, but we used to play this game called touch a girl, get a girl. Some people say touch a girl, freak a girl, something like that. But it'd be like boys chase a girl and they could touch you. Yeah, we played. It was called hide and go freak when I was. When you were coming yeah. up. So, look, ain't that something? Games don't even change. And you're from a different city from me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so <laughs> she was saying she didn't want to play anymore. Right. And um, these two boys kind of cornered her and did it anyway. You know, and it was, she was like, it wasn't even like they grabbed me or nothing, but they somebody touched me anyway. And I, I didn't want to play anymore. And right after that, I started getting eczema breakouts. And psychologically as you break it down like what i learned uh, i took this course rapid transformational therapy but what they say is you have to ask your subconscious mind what is the purpose of this and so we did hypnosis we did the hypnosis and it came out it was to make her look unattractive so that that wouldn't happen again your, uh, your subconscious mind will tell you yeah we're all, we're typically either running from pain or pursuing pleasure. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, the habits that you create for yourself are some time to either protect you from some pain mm-hmm. or keep you from some pain, I exactly. should say, or help you go towards something that is pleasing you, right? So, yeah. So even though it wasn't pleasing for her to have that condition right. or look a certain way, it did what it needed to do as far as, I guess, mentally in that energy of, now I'm, I'm not attracted, so ain't nobody going to touch me without my permission again. That's crazy. Yeah. I had another one. She was like 300-something pounds. Like, she was so heavy, my skill literally would not take her weight. I've been there before. Really? Yes. Yeah, well, so- I weighed three. Uh, at this moment, I weigh uh, 325. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, over 350, usually it's gonna. I stepped on a scale in Publix one time. <laughs> <laughs> they have a scale in Publix. Why you? So, I was at Publix in Florida. They had a scale. I said, Well, let me get on it. Let me get on it. And, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm trying to tell you what you. Okay, go ahead. The arrow just it, yeah, it just kept spinning. Mine just was like it's an error. That's tough. That's tough. She took it in stride, and she said, "I thought it might be too big, but," I she said, "But can you still hypnotize me?" And I said, "Yeah, let's do it." And yeah, that was a terrible story that came out from that, but. That was why she's holding on to the weight. And it was a a, a sexual assault case. That is terrible. That mm-hmm. it, it's, it's crazy what we will do. It's, it's amazing what we will do without our control mm-hmm. for our safety, mm-hmm. for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, um, eating disorders and, and it, it all goes back to something. Right? Something. It all goes back to... I've had some things and some of my clients were so surprised at what the quote unquote trauma was because they're like, I would have never thought that with my conscious mind because, you know, I'll I'll interview them and everything and they always are wrong. Like consciously, they'll be like, I think it's from this. You know, I think it's from this that happened when I was 12 and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, "Okay, we'll see when when we put you under 
It ain't never the, what they consciously thought it was. It's always something else. And um, one of them was a girl I had uh, put a hypnotized and her trauma had come from a um, diary violation. Like her, she had come downstairs and family was reading her diary out to each other. You know, and you and you get you get this from people when you are sculpting their body. No, those last three stories that was from hypnosis, but they were body contouring clients. And I'm like, you want to want to get hypnotized and see why you holding on to that weight? So all these services are under Body Thief. Mm -hmm. And and talk to me a little bit about that. Why? Why did you come up with the name? Because who who body you stealing? Because <laughs> I, I said soul intuition. Okay, I was like that's a life coaching body thief. Where's that? Yeah, what's that about? Yeah. So so <laughs> where'd the name come from, and what services do you provide? Body thief came from that's an actual little tribute to one of my favorite authors, Anne Rice. She written a book called Tale of the Body Thief, and it's one of my favorite books by her. I also like L.A. Banks. Let me shout her out. Um, But the name, too, came from me. I feel like snatching fat and you can literally create a whole new body. So I stole your old one. You gave me permission to steal it. I just wanted a theme. Like I, I felt like I was starting a new part of my career. How could it put me over other people? One, you need a catchy name. And two, um, it was all jail themed. Like my first studio looked like, you know, like you got locked up, you got stand on the wall with the lineup. I had the height measurements, everything, uh, the little, what's that, that called? The, your uh, name the frame name, thing the name they hold. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. I had it all. That actually but, sounds very uh, cool and uh, traumatic yeah. for somebody who ever spent it. <laughs> but they loved it. Especially no, I think it's people cool. who like cool. to think about things like that. They are always the first ones. They're like, oh, my God, I love the name of your business. It drew me in. That was the whole point. I'm a creative. Right, right. So I'm going to make it interesting. Steal somebody's body and I'm return them it. anew. Yeah. Like and you gave me permission to steal it, too. Like, we're thieves up in here. And we love it. I always say, welcome to the, the 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 den of thieves. You're a gang member now. You in the gang. Let's go. I like that. I like <laughs> and all that. my services are <laughs> three strikes. You know, I, all my stuff is like theme too. How I describe the services. So you've been. So how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this since May 2019. What made you want to? I know you've always been helpful, right? You talked about the coaching, uh, peer coaching or peer counseling in um, college, college, right? Yeah. But, you know, was there something that you saw uh, maybe while your time in service or? I did. Um, I just saw people not being able to handle things. And I didn't understand why they couldn't because I could. And my so back going back to my childhood, I, my mom was manic depressive depressive depressed depressed that was her diagnosis and i had she had um i was a witness to a lot of things when it comes to somebody dealing with depression and i would try to talk to her like well mom if you're not happy just change your mind you know and she would go i can't just change my mind like it's 
more than that. And I could not understand that. I'm like, when I don't feel good, I just change my mind and be happy. Yeah. And so as I got older, I would meet people and I'm like, why is that affecting you so much? Like there's, you can be happy. And I just, I didn't know how to teach people the way I think to help them get through things. So that's when I said, I want to learn how to counsel people. And I signed up to be a peer counselor. And then I started getting professional training on how to deal with people. But I don't know why I'm like that. It might be because of my mom. I'm not sure. But I always had this need to help people, like mentally help them and make them tougher. Like I always wanted to make people tougher. And I was going about it the wrong way. And then I started learning a gentle way <laughs> to, do, to do it. <laughs> I was wanting to break them down, you know, tear them down to build them up, people. Straight Marine Corps type of stuff. Even before I joined the Marine Corps, didn't even realize how that worked. But how does that work for your fellow Marines? What you mean? So it works when you're in service, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, but. I ruptured, <laughs> I wasn't, you know, in the NBA or anything, right? But I ruptured my Achilles and that was the last time I played basketball. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, one of the most painful points in my life ever. Mm-hmm. Is It's not that I can't play basketball, but I refuse to play basketball. But like having an injury like that and being just the ability to do something that I played in high school, I was going to play in college and maybe I was going to play overseas at 28 or something like that. Right. But I would I always had it was a dream that would last and could last until I got an injury that was that debilitating. So how does the teardown build up really work for Marines? After service, because the service is over and trying to find a way in life is difficult as you have to deal with <laughs> soft civilians, right? Oh yeah. I did not transition well when I got out because I already had a certain type of way about myself. And then the Marine Corps just magnified it. It was okay to be like that in the Marine Corps. It was like it, you know, honestly the Marines to me are like dancers, how dancers were. They just don't care about your feelings. I would be in dance school and they would have uh, when, when I went to performing arts, we had to do two periods a day of our, of your major. And um, we would have a guest teacher from the Phil, uh, Pennsylvania Ballet come and teach for like half the year. And he literally would go down the line on the bar like, no, no, you don't have the body. You don't have a body. You don't have the body. You don't. You know what I mean? So from childhood, I'm hearing that because I started dancing when I was like eight taking professional lessons they don't care about your feelings you're gonna do the work you're gonna do the workout and that's it you can't cry you can't complain because you chose to be here so um I think I just took that with me everywhere and um as far as the Marine Corps goes that's a hard question though like after service that is hard because people just aren't used to being directly communicated with I had um, I did what everybody does in this area. I finished my service. I started contracting. I was at Booz Allen. Terrible, terrible time for me. <laughs> I didn't blend in well. <laughs> they told me I was too direct, 
which I didn't understand. And one project manager I had, I remember, I'll never forget. She goes, if you could only learn to just wrap your words with a bow. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I looked at this lady. I said, (laughs) what does that mean? I said, I think that you you told me that I'm a direct person. I think that that's the best way to communicate with someone. <laughs> I didn't transition well. I, I could, but that's what I'm saying, right? You 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 talk about you know changing state, right? Uh, Tony Robbins talks about that a lot. Is you got to get into a certain state before you can actually affect your actions right so you're like i got it i got the answer you got to become flexible because now it took me a long time but now i am all you have to do is become a flexible communicator and leave your ego at the door really like think about your purpose wherever you are that's all you have to do. And once I started doing that, because I used to tell my mom, because she's like, you got to play the game. You got to play the game. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know this game. And I'm not playing it. <laughs> but then I have an aha moment. Oh, the game. So now I know. I don't call it a game, though. You have to be a flexible communicator. You know how people say, meet people where they at? Not exactly that. Like, you don't match the energy, but you all, this is, I'm giving you a free game. You want anything out of life? All you have to do is match their communication style. I promise. It sounds so simple, but I swear to God. Well, some people don't want to code switch. That's all you got to do. Right? But or, you don't even have to code switch. Or become a chameleon No, times. no, not even. Just match their communication style. Like, you see how you are? I can start physically. All I got to do is start mimicking you. But subtly, not to where you think what you think. I'm a, yo, I'm a clown and you mocking me. Not that way. I'm going to change the tonality in my voice to match yours a little bit. I'm going to change my body language just a tad. And you're going to start saying, oh, you're like me. It's all unconscious things, though. Unconscious cues that you're taking on. All I got to do is make little changes in my communication with you physically first. You're going to chill out. And we're going to come. And now this rapport is built all of a sudden. It's so easy. All you have to do is remember your purpose. So whether you're trying to purchase something you're trying to get something done you're trying to sell something remember that don't take anything personal I had a Buddhist monk tell me that I used to sell cars I'm saying I used to do everything I had a Buddhist monk as a a a customer (laughs) for a car and I asked him if you had any advice to give me what would it be he goes never take anything personally That's going to help you communicate with everybody. Don't take nothing personally. Match their communication style. You'll get anything you want. And you don't have to like the person. That doesn't matter if you like them or not. That's irrelevant. So as a Marine, too, I would teach all of them that. Like, yo, just take it down. Just pause, observe, and re-strategize. Like I think if you say it in certain ways, I'm saying we can communicate with anyone. I'll switch up what I'm saying to this Marine. So right, so he could pick up what I'm putting down. <laughs> but if it but if it was that easy, I think, you know. Everybody would do it. Yeah. Anxiety wouldn't be one of the number one. Exactly. And that's my thing to help people. Yo, more free game. You know how you get out of that? You're the only person who could put thoughts in your mind. Remind yourself that enough times it's going to 
pick up, you're going to be like, damn, I am. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You ever been by yourself and be embarrassed? How you by yourself embarrassed? (laughs) Ain't nobody even looking. You'd be like, oh, what I just do? Wait, ain't nobody even. (laughs) Yeah. The stories you tell yourself is the key to life and and resilience and good mental health. It's so simple, yet it's profound. And once I start dropping jewels, that's why I said I'm going to be a life coach because you don't have to stay with me for no years. I'm going to hook you up in four to eight weeks. I got the tools and I want to share them. And I want it to be official because this is what I do when they're on my table. I just want it to be formal with it now. I want to really coach people now. I don't want to do it while I'm touching you and while I'm working on you. Now I want you to come and sit and we talk and then I just tell you. You know, I give you exercises to do. It's so simple. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, really, that's one of my main things that have gotten me through two divorces, gotten me through. um, I mean, Body Thief was born out of my last divorce. You know, my ex is like, won't you do something with that extra room? Like, you know what? I will. I will. And that, and I did. But so first it was kind of out of spite. Like, I'm going to be successful regardless. You know, whether you're helping me pay these bills. Right. And it just ended up, you know, Birth- I'm still giving out. Yeah, like, birthing from the heart. Else, yeah. I'm always giving. And that was the other thing, too. You really, you just got to change your mindset. Because I used to think, man, people always take advantage of me because I'm such a giver. I'm like, everybody's always taking. And, like, nobody's giving back. So then I was like, well, if this is who you are, if you are a giver, let's just own it. Right. This is who I am. I'm just giving. I'm giving love and I'm sharing it with everybody. On your terms. Yes. And it feels really good. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to give you all the love. And that's where the touch therapy ended up coming. Because people don't like touching people. You need touch. We're humans. We do. But I think more uh, nowadays it's it's who touches you right because it's it's like especially with covid and now people quote unquote woke they're like i need a certain energy around me because (laughs) i mean (laughs) and you don't really know what you're talking about yeah it's some people though that like i don't want you to you feel palpable bad energy (laughs) i I can feel don't touch me don't Mm -hmm. don't even rub my shoulder Mm -hmm. but but what might be the root of that that energy they they bring in they could be in some pain I think everything comes from pain, right? Or, or majority of the things come from pain. I don't think people, I mean, having, having daughters and just seeing how they grow, mm-hmm. <laughs> you they don't, they only know what they're taught, right? They only know what they see and we're all conditioned. Yeah. You know, to by our surroundings, by the people we talk to, I call it your atmosphere. By everything. Right. Everything. Yeah. So, and then after a point, it shapes you. Now you have a mindset, and then your subconscious is built up that way. So, mm-hmm. so they the, say by age seven, you've created your moral foundation by seven. Yeah. Morals are developed. I can see that. I can see that. That's funny to me, though. I'm like, wow. The core of who you are is kind of done by 12, they say. By age 12. Wow. That's so, what they say now. So unlearning that, right, at 30 would be mm-hmm. a whole nother. 
But that's what I don't want people to unlearn anything. Don't unlearn anything. Everything is here because it that's it's who you are. You can transition states, but don't take away from from what got you here. As everything is good, like it's all good. Like some people say, like my mom always used to be like, "You so gullible," or like you so this and that. And I'm like, no, because. I believe everybody is good at heart. Like, I, I feel like I'm that little black boy from Angels in the Outfield. And I'm all like, it can happen. <laughs> it can happen. Like, that's me. I'm that little boy. I'm a little, I got a little more hardened, I guess you could say, a little more protective of myself. But that's still who I am. Right. And um, I always think people are good at heart because I'm also a world traveler. Right. And I've realized people, and I've been saying this probably for 10 years, but. I think that all people want the same stuff. Like they want good conversation, good food, and either good drink or good weed. And y'all can be, because I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere. Every single place I go, I meet strangers and we be kicking it. Right. That's why I think people just want good conversation, good food, and good drugs. (laughs) Or alcohol. (laughs) Yeah, I I could see that. And if we could, if I can meet total strangers in other countries and now we friends for life. People ain't that different. I don't think people are different, but I I don't think everyone has a good heart. You don't? I don't. I I think we start that way. We may start that way, but I, I truly feel that. Um, Like you said, everybody doesn't have. Or you didn't say that, but I don't feel that everyone has your best intentions. They the have best their inten- best intentions, though. And sometimes that that's that could be bad for you. I know. I love to tell this. Let me give you a little scenario on that. And that's the thing of detaching and releasing yourself from emotions and stories that you've told yourself. So everything is in context, right? So I like to give two examples. One is if you're walking along the street and a rock hits your foot, like falls on top of your foot and and you feel pain, it hurts you. And you say that rock hurt me. The rock hurt my foot. Is that technically true? No, exactly. The rock caused a central nervous system response, which we label as pain to occur. Uh, I don't know how to articulate this in the best way, but the rock doesn't have all of the uh, senses, knowledge, a brain that a human has. Right. So someone wants my demise. Right. They want to uh, kill me. I just don't think that their heart is pure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what was their attention? All right. Let me give a better one. If someone wants to remove me from earth. (laughs) That person does not. So I, I get what you're saying. And and I, I'm not offering pushback just to just to offer pushback. But like this no, is I just like a, a real belief of mine is that, yeah, I think a large majority of I always ins- assume positive intentions. That's the best way to actually navigate. Right? Yes. Because <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, they ain't, they ain't mean that. Right. Because you're going to draw so much more crap to you it's best to be more on the positive side and i like what you said don't take it personal right because it's not it's not about you 
I think that's the problem is that we believe everything's, everything's about, about us. us. And it's not. But the biggest problem I'm telling you are the stories we tell ourselves. We attach stories to stuff. For sure. That ain't nobody even like. Here's another one. Because I, I in, in what I teach, I want to impart to people that you have to try as best you can to separate people from their actions. People are not the sum total of their actions. Like. Because as humans, everything is contextual. So if there's a little boy on his bike going down the street, he throw a rock in your window, bust your window. You're thinking, that's a badass kid. He just broke my window. Right. But on his end, it had to be a, a, he had to do it for a good reason in his mind, which was good. It could be that he wanted to see how far he could throw it, I guess, and hit it. It could have been an accident. It could be, too, that there's some bullies at the corner. Who was like, if you don't throw that rock at so-and-so window, we're going to beat you up. So for him, it was like, I need to do this. This was good for me. Uh, then change the at- change the atmosphere. Let's put the boy on a shot put field and have him throw it. Now everybody's cheering. Everything is contextual. So we have to deal with everything in that way. If I mean, if we want, I just want people to look at things in an overarching way and apply it to their personal lives. No, I can't. Just so you don't be so attached to the action. I can see what you're saying. That same person who wants to beat me till I'm not here anymore could also be cheered on in a UFC ring. Thank you. So I I, I do understand that. And what if he had a, a schizophrenic voice telling him to do it? Yeah. Like I, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think we truly underestimate the power of the mind, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when people have multiple personality disorder, right? You can actually change and sh- you could change and cure diseases in your body in different states. So that's that what, something that's actually, that's really cool. When I learned about that, I mean, of course we all, I can't think of that movie. Uh, Fractured mind. No, Russell Crowe. No, it was another guy where he played different people. He was a woman. He was a oh, Holly Berry had one too. Did she play the uh, Gothica? Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Gothica was one. Uh, no, No. and Alice and something. Uh, Alice, I think it was. Okay, it was a woman's name, but uh, Russell Crowe played the guy in the Fractured Mind with the different personalities. Like it was an M Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, which one? With the guy who had the eight, he had like eighteen personalities or something. Not glass, not his whole no, thing. No, not that one. Not that one. Mm, I'm not sure, but I think I know what you're talking about. Not Bruce Willis's character. Yeah, mm, I know what you mean though. But yes, the mind is the, and that's all I want to impart to people is your mind is so powerful. I promise you, you don't have to stand for whatever you've created for yourself. And know that you did create this for yourself. The first thing with me with people is waking them up as far as you created this life. One of my really close friends, we used to argue. She used to get really angry with me because she would be like, you think I wanted to be raped or you think I wanted this to happen to myself? And I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. No, you didn't want that. Like a lot of us don't want what we consider bad things to happen to us. However, your mind state brought that in. Your life is a sum total of your prior thoughts. That's happening right now is what you thought old stuff. You could have, I tell people sometimes you, that migraine you got right now, you might've caught that six months ago when you saw Excedrin commercial. 
you now you got a migraine with Excedrin written all over it. Yeah. Because you took that in. Somehow you internalized this. And I can't connect all the dots, but hindsight is always twenty twenty. Once you get out of the state, then you can see the bridge of incidents that led you up to said state. So that's so that's so intuition. Yes. Life coaching. Yeah, that's just me as a person, honestly. My son, I think sometimes he's probably like, your mom. I always ask him, like, do you think I'm weird? Like, I'm a weird mom. He's like, you're definitely different, like, from my friend's moms. <laughs> he's like, but I don't think you're weird. Are you addicted to being busy? Yes. How do you know that? Uh, That is something I'm working on myself. Like, I do. That well, is a problem. Well, you have body thief, body sculpting, right? Body contouring. As I like to say, soul, intuition, life coaching, and you have the touch therapy as well. Yeah, and I'm doing speaking. I'm getting into speaking. Right. This is because these are all my dreams when I was little. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, right? It's just, uh, I just wanted to know. It can have, <laughs> like, you know, people have told me too, like, damn, you've lived like five lives. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to live like nine, like a cat. Like, I, I've literally had different lives in this one person. It's so dope. I think it, I think it actually is a great thing because um, you're doing something that a lot of people don't think that they're doing. Or a lot of people think that they're doing. Right. And that's living. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not really that you did. Not that you have to always be on the go, but you know what your purpose is. And I think that... The fact that you're acting on it aggressively and in a timely manner before time runs out is a beautiful thing. Yo, thank you for saying that. You know why I'm like this too? Partly why? I think this is my last incarnation. Tell me more. I don't think I'm coming back after this. So you believe I think I'm done. You believe that we uh re- respond like a video game? Yep. Especially when you die um, feeling unfulfilled, you die full of regret. Like when you die, like uh, suddenly, unexpectedly, like certain ways people die. I definitely think they coming back. And a reason I believe that is because some of these animals and then some of these kids, they definitely got old souls. They definitely they're not new souls. And I don't care what anybody says. It may not even ever be proven, but. That's what I believe in my heart. Like, I can feel it physically right in my stomach. Like, these souls definitely be coming back, and I'm one of them. I think that because when I was little, I was stuff people just say, like, my parents used to be scared of me. <laughs> when I was, like, three and four, they're like, we're scared of you. <laughs> you were such a weird child. Maybe, they, you know, I think it's the unexplainable, right? That's what it was. Like, where I do you learn that things, from? How do you things? know that? Like, uh, exactly. You know, and... So, exactly. I don't necessarily believe in reincarnation, but I don't really know if, if I there's a if real I don't end. if I don't believe in reincarnation. I won't say that either. I don't right. know if I believe. Nobody in knows what yeah. happens when you die, like because nobody ever came back. So. But I think that's the best part. Me too. Right? Like you, you have to live a full life, and you should. and that is whatever a full life is to you. See but you. You yeah. should live a full life. It's short. Like 
when you think about life, um, Dion Cole, man, he got me. <laughs> you saw his stand up yeah. when he was like, you only got 40 some summers left. Yeah. That hit me hard. But I have always lived my life that way anyway. Yeah, we're going to live a long time. But unfortunately, even if you live up to 80, that's not nothing in the scheme of things of the world, of the longevity of the world. And I think part of it is trauma. Well, I'm the way I am because I was that kid who your parent never let you take naps and stuff. <laughs> right. Like, what you sleeping for? Right. What, what was you doing yeah. today? Why are you Weren't tired? You Exactly. That was that was my mom. And then my dad was a clean OCD clean freak. I can see that. So it's like you can't be lazy. We don't do laziness in this house. Yeah. Who hasn't said that? I think it's idle. What is it? Idle hands is the devil's workshop. Yeah. But I I wanted to ask you or I, I probably asked you that busy question is because you also have a book. Mm-hmm. 29 pillars of conscious thought that actually work yeah it's a terrible book why because i wrote it in two days it's got mad typos so you can't take it down and yeah i could so you I'm didn't not... have a, a publisher no nah, i self-published on amazon okay <laughs> So, because wh- I just felt like it had to get out there, and I'm like, whatever, I'm just putting it out there because whoever needed to to see it is going to see it. Well, it has five stars, so I ain't rated. Uh, yeah, so somebody, somebody likes me, <laughs> and they're not too s- much of a stickler for for typing. And look, I, my degree is in journalism, so I, f- you know, I feel bad about that, but it is what it is. I actually, I don't, I don't. I won't say I'm looking for typos, but I hate books that are too wordy. Loquacious. <laughs> yes. I have no idea what that word means. I'll look what it up. you said. Yeah. It's just stop. What? I just want to know what happened next or what direction to take or exactly. What, yeah. What am I supposed to be working on? And that's just, the book literally is just those 29 pillars. Like it literally is just. So my question was, why 29? There's not 16? Or well, 30? I did start at like 15. And as they kept going, I'm like, oh, well, I guess now it's this number. And now it's this number. It literally was just something I have written to myself in my journal. I'm a journaler. I write every day. I got like five journals, too. It's it's out of hand. It's out of control. I don't think so. There's someone uh, that I follow, Wallow267. He did 20 years in jail. And... He has journals and journals and journals on top of journals. And he says in all of these journals is what he was doing with his life, where he was going next. And uh, a a big self-improvement guru, um, Jim Rohn, talks about journaling every day. Well, especially when I get revelations that I know are universe, like for real, at least to me, because you you get that feeling of knowing. And I've conditioned myself also to have a physical feeling with my subconscious mind and my conscious mind agree on things. I know the feeling. And that's when I know I feel my I feel like my subconscious mind is my connection to the universe, to God, creator, creator spirit. And that's that ancient wisdom. I do truly believe that. So I feel like I'm right in that. And um, that whatever it is that I'm, I come to with how my mind works and I write it down in, in a journal. And then I have a journal that's just my everyday journal. But the one 
that where I got the 29 pillars is my thought journal. My one when I feel like I have a transitional breakthrough. Like, ah, that's how it works. Okay, good. I'm going to teach people this. Or it's just for me to remember to myself. Like, um, one of them was when you're trying to transition states and people are telling you something about yourself and you study denying it. That's you trying to talk to yourself and get your mind conditioned to that new state. Like, cause people will tell me all the time, okay, big money. Okay. I know you eating good. Like you be, you a vegan, ain't you? But I'm like, I eat like shit, you know? But then I started saying, but this is who I want to be. Let me. And that's when God showed me like, this is you talking to you. This is you telling you like, this is who you are. Accept it. Believe it. These people telling you you got money like that. Don't you want to be a millionaire? Stop telling them. No, I ain't rich. No, I haven't. Stop saying that. Like, they're telling you. (laughs) (laughs) But you see what I'm saying? Like, the point is, you can't pray to change states and be something else. And then God start bringing people that's actually, which I don't believe you. I don't think anybody's truly that unique. I believe we're all extensions of one spirit. So you're just a version of me. And so, like, I'm just like, hey, I'm telling myself that I'm rich. You're observing all these things about me that I actually want to be. So I'm no longer going to deny it. Right. Because people always come to me thinking like I got like so much money and stuff. And I used to be like, uh-uh, child. Blah, blah, blah. And then I started saying, yeah. And it feels so good not to be worried about it. Right. You know, so I just started accepting all the compliments and all the accolades people were giving me as me talking to myself. And now I'm in this new state. And also the reason why I move so fast is to prove to people it's all up here. I told myself I was going to be the best body sculptor and it wasn't going to take long. And then that was what I became. The other body sculptors start coming to me, asking me to train them. I had somebody come all the way from London to train with me and her technique did improve. And that's why I'm just like, see, I just said I was and everybody believed it. And that's what I try to get other people like people stuck in relationship. Um, relationship been over five years you still depressed like I got you I can tell you how to get out those looping thoughts I can help with all of that and it's by experiments like I've experimented with my own soul my own mind and I've also asked other people to try things so like I be having like you know when I was a kid I loved science so I still I do it. I do little soul experiments, spiritual experiments, just to prove to people like your mind is way more powerful than you think. And then people start asking me stuff like, well, have you healed yourself? Like, have you ever been sick and healed yourself? Yes. Some things I have and some things I haven't. Like I can I can heal myself from things like tendonitis, um, like arthritis. I no longer have things like that. But some things like I had a fibroid, some things I I did just I just accepted. And I know I know I did like I accepted this is my condition. And so I'm going to let the doctor go ahead and take it out. And sometimes, too, I, I remember that I'm a spirit in a physical body. And how do you take care of a car? You got to take it to a mechanic like it's because I used to beat myself up like that. You can't even cure yourself from this tumor. And I'm like, but bro, like the, at the end of the day, I'm still inside this physical body and it's like a car so I could take it to the doctor and need a it needs some fixing you know so then yep. I won't beat myself up about quote-unquote failing and healing myself because I didn't fail I just needed to go to the body shop <laughs> get that body work I mean m- most doctors won't prescribe you know and diagnose themselves so 
I think exactly. when, when people tell you to do it for yourself all the time, um, they're just looking for a reason to avoid the change that needs to happen within themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's fine. Like, I don't even... I don't take it personally. I just be feeling like you're not ready then. And that's okay. You know, like you might even die in that mind state, but that's your choice. Like God decided to experience life through you in that way. And that's fine. Like that's none of that stuff bothers me. I, I love that. <laughs> I was doing a, a episode with uh, Kenny Starks mm-hmm. and which was a great episode. And he was saying, and that's okay. So we were, you know, because a lot of statements are very matter of fact. And it's just, well, you know, let them be them. And that's okay. It really is. I (laughs) I promise. (laughs) And I I feel like that's a a key statement that we're not comfortable with saying all the time. It's just, hey, and that's okay. So I I like that you said that. Um, Before I get to the very last question I have for you. Um. What was the most painful experience in building your business? Body thief. Just my business. Not being around my family. uh, It wouldn't seem like it. Like if you ask them, they'd probably be like, oh, she always puts her business first and things like that. Uh. But that's the hardest part is being so independent. I would say that's the most painful part because I really do everything by myself. Like, I really, really do. And I even asked my mom about that. I say, Mom, why am I like this? She's like, you've always been that way. I don't know. She's like, since a little, little girl, you have always wanted to do things by yourself. She's like, you barely even cried like as a baby. She's like, you were always like, well, nobody else wants to do it. I'm going to do it by myself. She's like, you will go outside by yourself. Nobody's up yet. I'm just outside. Like, But it feels like I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm an action taker. And most people aren't. And it hurts me. I don't know why. But that's one thing I'm still help, trying to get out of feeling. Like, why can't you move too? <laughs> like, I don't understand that. You say you want this. I feel like I have a lot of masculine energy in that way. I don't. I, I want to fix. I just feel like that's that's well. Okay, I can see that. But why don't you move to us? <laughs> Stop complaining to me. It's so Let's make powerful. Moves. Yes. Or yes. they might not even just be complaining. They telling me what they want, and because I'm a go getter, I'm just like, all right, let's do yeah, it. And let's... they be like, they don't move. I can't even. I can't understand it because they're not emotionally attached to what they're saying. Mm. see people just be talking because they got lips i'm not that yeah, because I, I am feeling good about telling you what i aspire to do see and that's where but the I'm breakdown not... buildup come with me that's when the <laughs> tough girl comes i'm like look you're not wasting my time or your time like you either gonna do it or you're not it's either the time to do it or it's not but that level of independence you sure that doesn't come from now come from um maybe being in other situations where you tried to work with somebody else and it didn't work out yeah that's part of it because you said you know 
people or, or you felt at times that people were always trying to take your kindness for a weakness and you like, I will turn up. I will, I will change the situation. Yeah. But I'm going to bless you because that's not who I am. So, and I'm obviously mixing your words, but, yeah, 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 yeah. but I'm a typical Libra. I'm very, very Libra. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you're giving, but you taking way too much. I didn't offer all of this. So now do you think that has pushed you in an independent direction? Do you try to work with others and things just don't? Yeah. I tried to work with someone with body thief RX. It was, a. Uh, I wanted to introduce the IV fusion. That was like a big thing. And I don't generally jump on trends, but I thought that was a helpful one. So I was going to do it paired up with the nurse and she just literally flaked on me. Like we bought <laughs> all the stuff for the room all the disposables, the furniture. How much that cost? It wasn't that bad because it was just the disposables, the furniture, decorations. I don't know, maybe a couple thousand, but not a lot. Maybe twenty five hundred dollars. Most people don't but have a thousand dollars in there <laughs> saved for an emergency. <laughs> so. But still, when the scheme of things starting the whole business, right. I'm only putting twenty five hundred dollars up, and then we only thing we needed to get was um. The formulations to inject into people, but we had all the disposables, everything. She literally just disappeared. And what's funny about it too, because then I would text her, call her, and she would answer and be like, Yeah, I'm like, so we still doing everything? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do it. Nothing. And so I said, Okay, that's not gonna work. That's fine. I'm good. And but here a year later, I have a client, she's a nurse, and she's just like are you still doing the IV thing? And I'm like, no, I never got off the ground. And she's interested. She's like, you know, I think I could find a medical director. I'm like, okay, well, look, all the money kind of been put into it. Anything you want to do, you're going to have to pay for it, though. But, yeah, partnerships haven't worked out for me. And so uh, it yeah. probably is my marriages, <laughs> I think, that makes me feel like, no. I'm going to just do everything by myself because it just – I am the do- I'm always I'm always the doer. Always have been. I'm always going to be that person. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is just I guess this is my positive thoughts is there's always somebody for somebody. Oh, so I definitely. feel that even in business, I'm going to find a good partner. There's going to be someone to uh partner with or maybe bring they may be the she's like the broker for the the mm-hmm. partnership, right? Mhm. And those are the people that you really want to meet because you meet in the person who says, oh, I know somebody who Mm -hmm. got some money and has some drive. And Mm -hmm. that is typically the best partnerships to happen. And that's why what I do is awesome. I meet so many cool people. That's why I do this. Yeah. And I meet movers and shakers, too. But, yes, it's about connection. It's about who can I talk with? Who can, you know, who can we mesh up with? And how can we get what we do out to everyone else and make people's lives better? I really do feel like if I could help people get past um, their own self-limiting issues, whether it's their belief about something or just help them learn how their own mind works so they won't feel like they don't have control over their thoughts. Because a lot of people don't feel like they can control how they think. They don't. They're like, I can't stop this. I keep thinking about this guy or I keep thinking about my sister. Well, or that's whatever. why I started with lazy. Really? Because that requires work. 
Mm. All of it at the end of it requires work, right? The repetition work. Yeah. Constant reminding yourself work. And after a while, it's not work. Right. All learning is actually unconscious. Because when you try to learn something consciously, it never works. You have to unconsciously learn it through repetition and stuff. Because think about how you drive. Your unconscious mind does all the driving. Your conscious mind don't really drive unless something pop out and you're like, ooh. Yeah, because I think I've driven 18 hours straight before. Mm-hmm. And you forgot I, all about uh, everything. Uh, like, I, 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 yes. <laughs> you know, like the first state or the second state, and then you get there and you say, what happened six hours ago? What was Your I doing? Your mind man? was driving. Yeah. That's all that is. But that took driving hours, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in Maryland, you have to get a certain amount of driving hours before you can get your license. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing. That's why people, it, it's so difficult because the belief that people have is that they can't do it. That's what I was going to say. It's not difficult. You just thought it was. Because people would tell me too, like, oh my God, I can't believe you travel alone. Why not? Well, I'm scared to do that. But don't put that fear on me. I'm not scared. <laughs> right. right. I love to travel. I prefer to travel alone. A lot of times, the only reason I regret when I travel alone is if something really cool happened and I ain't had nobody to rehash the story with. <laughs> but I love adventures and yeah. I love experiencing. I really do. I believe that we're in these physical bodies on this physical earth to have physical experiences, period. Like, so let's get out there. Let's experience life. No matter what that means to you, if it's just um, going outside, meeting new people or traveling, even if you travel alone, like do it. The bill's going to be there. Don't beat yourself up if every bill's not paid off before you take a, a vacation or a trip or something, because they're going to be there. And, but life might not, you might die tomorrow. So like, I would say, going back to your thing, the only pain, like I said, I would feel like is separation from my family in a lot of ways, because as an entrepreneur, you just have to make certain decisions and uh, that other people can't understand. But it's like, I literally pay all my own bills, bro. Like I just, I have to do this right now. Right. right. You know, and I know y'all mad or y'all think I never come to the family functions or when I do come, it'd be like just once and they be gathered six times. You know, right. <laughs> they're like, where's Sha'an? Like, she probably in another country somewhere. <laughs> and a lot of times too, they think I'll be just like living it up. But even right. when I'm on vacation, I'll be trying to make connections yeah. and doing stuff. Yeah. And I'm always doing stuff. That's the only other thing I would say, too. Like, I'm always um, doing stuff. I, I, I need to work more on complete relaxation. So I've been trying to give myself that one day a week where I really don't think about the business. But it's difficult. Yeah, I, I believe it's difficult to turn it off, um, especially when it's something that you truly, truly believe that can work. Mm-hmm. I, think, I mean, it's it's like... My mom, who believes in God, right? So every conversation at some point. The Lord going to be in there. (laughs) He going to find a way to sneak into the conversation. So, you know, it's it's something that is always going to be top of mind because it's also your baby. It's something you created, right? It is. And I wanted to have a legacy. I am that person. I don't want to be forgotten. I don't want to be forgotten. I think that's why God like made me a muse. I got a certain type of face that people want to paint 
So at least that I know I won't go into obscurity because there are several paintings of me around all over. And my last and final question for you is green salsa or no, I'm joking. Uh, (laughs) I like spicy, whichever one's the most spicy. Uh, What's next for you? What is next? Like, what you mean? What's next for you? So, a, so, no, that's a lie. <laughs> what What is the main thing that is next for you? What in in your Maybe. business? In my business, okay. I just got accepted to this international women's business retreat. That's gonna be in Thailand in April. Uh, so I'm starting to stop with the big dogs. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you had to. What is it? Not audition, but apply for it. Whatever. Okay. I think they just do that to make it feel like it's scarcity marketing. But either Could way, be. they accepted me. Okay. And I'm going. And I, I had a little fear, a little trepidation there because these these are the type of people I want to be around. Like I want to be around the ones who are already doing what I want to do. This is my first time being in an intimate group of uh, women business owners who already are at eight nine figures. Like. And here go me with my little six figure business. <laughs> so I'm a little intimidated, but I am really excited to hear everything they're going to share. There's like a mastermind on the beach. Like it's all luxury too. So I'm putting my coins like I'm on the payment plan doing it. But you know what I'm saying? I'm still going. I still got the VIP package. And uh, so that's coming. And I'm really excited to see what happens from that. Okay. But the other thing is I'm pushing really hard to become this touch therapist like sensation. I want to be known. I want to provide these tools. So really, that's that's my drive right now is figuring out the best vehicle to get these tools to people. And I love the touch therapy thing before I go one to touch on it a bit uh, for the men, because uh, when I first posted the video of me massaging the man, the responses were so different of the ones me massaging the women. Well, men can't have anything. We All we can have is work. Yo, and that's why I want to give that's you guys a, the love. That's another conversation. The touch. <laughs> I want to give that, especially after COVID. And right. especially like to black men. Like it feels like um, men in general aren't, they're not allowed to be as expressive and vulnerable, uh, especially publicly. They might could do it with their girl, get it the right one the right couples but generally speaking men are told to internalize everything and also on the flip side the lust factor is just like and the pressure it's like a lot of times men don't get intimately touched without pressure to perform sexual later or expecting something for being touched or touching and so I want to just make it where yo this is just free this is all love there's no lust this is just intimate touch and um to reconnect with yourself and then through my energy get you right like however whatever that means for you and uh so far so good like um I haven't had that many male clients yet because a couple of them, yeah, they trying to come on some funny stuff. So I had to set them straight. But 
there the response is really what I wanted it to be for the most part. Like some people slide in my DM and they try it. But most people know this is a professional service. There's no happy ending, quote unquote. Like this is real therapy. And it's amazing. It's amazing. People be like crying or they're just um, fall asleep. But every single person has said that afterward, they feel like a weight is lifted off their shoulder. Even my short sessions, like my 20 minute sessions, they're like, I feel so light. Like just the fact that somebody was hugging me and, you know, they had scientific proven if you have a hug, what is it more than 30 seconds? I think they said it was. It starts releasing. It has a chemical response in the body and the brain. Yep, You instantly start getting relaxed. That's why you should hug, really hug. The people you really love, do more than just a give them a real hug. You notice that feeling you get when you hug somebody after a few seconds? You get a, you relax into the hug. I know what you mean about when I, you could. It's true. Especially with black people. You could tell who we really, because that hug be long. Yes. Yeah, but so you ever know, notice that feeling you I know, get? I know. That's what I'm saying. I know what it's you're talking about. It's real. It's like this hug is lasting long, but I don't feel uncomfortable. Exactly. Yes. And then you find yourself. Head, you were holding shoulder. your breath you didn't even realize that that's everyone that's just a human thing so when I do it and I'm behind them and I embrace them and I rock and everything uh one guy he's like it felt like I was a baby like you just like <laughs> swaddled me but he was instantly asleep he used to slept the whole really? thing through yeah and I'm holding him like what his head be <laughs> But I love the fact that he can be that relaxed. And that guy was, he's one of those IT people, three jobs, mad stress. Yeah. And, um, and then some of the women who have come, it's more like emotional. Some of them just instantly break down. It's just once I do that embrace, they be holding it in for, but once I get to that part, every single time they break down because people don't be getting hugged. Mm. And I'm a stranger. It's unfortunate, but we have people like you who have taken on the responsibility to provide such a service that is real and not the what we see um, on Instagram where. I know. I had a guy thinking I was that. And I said, no. He's like, if I spring for a ticket to New Orleans, the massage on you, sir. First of all, why are we going to New Orleans? <laughs> Second of all. In professional settings, if you're paying for my, I'm like, you have to pay for the travel and the service. Now he want to get professional. Oh, what all does the therapy include? <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. You ain't hooking me up. Why for me, it's the audacity, to, though. Why trying to take you to New Orleans, too? What That's what I was like. Why New Orleans? You in Philly? This guy was in Philly. Like you're in Philly, because I had posted I'm becoming to Philly soon. Uh, with the the post I did of the the tall girl with the fro, it was like wrapped up. I don't know if you saw that, that but he responded to that video. Okay, like wow, and I said yeah, because I didn't understand what the wow was. <laughs> I didn't know the emotion he was putting in the wow. It was more like wow, wow, <laughs> like a wow, wow. I think. But it was like, wow. And I said, hey, I'm going to be coming up to Philadelphia if you want to schedule a session. Then if I if I pay for you to come to New Orleans, the massage is on you. Excuse me? 
<laughs> why New Orleans? <laughs> and then this is professional. You're going to pay for the service and the travel. <laughs> These people got me chopped. Like, what? <laughs> but mostly people been on the up. We, <laughs> we, just, we just we just go in this episode. I can't help it if I'm cute. That was the thing too. Like me and I don't want these men to start liking me. <laughs> Think I like them. I'm just working. Well, maybe uh <laughs> what you should pay for is security. <laughs> and that is, that can be a good partnership cuz they know why they're there. And and I don't think I gotta do that. I think you should definitely have security, whether you can defend yourself or not. That way, that person is paid. They may be paid to be armed. Um, you know, they can be insured. Under you know, there's mm-hmm. all these things that can be handled under your business. And if someone wants to to <laughs> go to New Orleans, <laughs> they, <laughs> well, you need to pay for me and Tom. Who's Tom? Tom is my security. That's a good idea. But massage therapists don't do that. Like I used to travel doing aesthetics and we never do that. I know. I understand. But uh, even in the the Browns quarterback situation, um, I, you know, obviously it came out that people were whatever that situation was. It seems that one person's recount of what actually took place was you know, uh, very disrespectful to her mm-hmm. and her profession. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's anything wrong with protecting yourself in whatever manner you have to. Your security could be a desert eagle, too. I mean, whatever you have or whatever yeah. whatever you have at your disposal to just keep somebody. Yeah, my dad was saying that, too. He was like, I'm going to get you a stun gun. Yeah, I, I, it's just, you know, you never a woman may get out of hand. It don't. Yeah, I've. I got some stories. <laughs> Before we go real quick, I came into the treatment room one time. This is when I was doing facials at Massage Envy. I mean, we could go. The cameras will cut off, but we could go. Oh, well, I used to work at Massage Envy back in the day. Why I went to the room to give this lady a facial? She titty free. Who does that? <laughs> On top of the covers, too. <laughs> Naked. What kind I've of f- never had a man try that. I have had. So I've been doing f- this for like 10 years, like body work. I literally have only had one man try like anything and one man say something. I had one man try to. <laughs> and I'm just so cool, though. I just laughed because I was like, you corny. Like you tried it. I'm doing the facial and I got to the massage portion. He going to reach back and start rubbing my forearms. <laughs> I say what? What you doing? <laughs> you want to? I said you want to finish this facial, right? He's like, well, you just massage me. I thought I was gonna massage you, sir. <laughs> you lucky you got me, cause one of these other girls in here, you be kicked out, and the police will be in here. You lucky I know I'm cute. It's like you shot your shot, and then you shot down. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay, old head. He's an old head. And I could tell he used to look good back in the day. That probably worked back in the 90s Why is or the that 80s. so funny? It was funny. I could. I laughed, too. He like this. I, <laughs> I'm like, I like, what you doing? Well, things were also different back then. It's always the older guys, too, that really be outlandish. 
I, what, you know, as a journalist, right? What do they have to lose? Their job. Like, so one incident how, happened. How old, though? He was like early 50s. Both of these incidents, even though they were like 10 years apart. So it was the early 50 dudes. But this one guy was interviewing him for a, a story. Uh, this was, he was army, though. I, w- I was already a civilian, but I had just gotten out the Marine Corps and I was PAO at Booz Allen. It was a project I was doing. And I went up to his office and I'm, uh, oh, no, it wasn't a story. It was a script. I was writing for a new thing they were coming out with. And I'm writing a script for him, but I need to interview him so I could get the info. This man literally um, moved his body like around and kissed me on my cheek. I want to thank you guys for listening. Please be sure to check out the site, keepituplisten.com, to stay in touch with all of us and here at the podcast. We would love to hear from you, especially myself. 